0: Welcome to Real Talk with Tina and Ann. I am
1: Tina. And I am Ann. We are growing and we are so excited about the growth in such a short amount of time. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening and supporting us. Uh, Last week, we spoke with a school counselor Uh, We talked a little bit about bullying and how online bullying has made a big difference with our kids today. I know for me, bullying has significantly changed in my lifetime. Yeah, and sadly, I think that
0: this will always be a timely topic because I think we may always have bullies. I would like to hope not, but uh, hopefully they are fewer and farther between but bullies are the worst. I remember being bullied in middle school in particular for my hair, for my gappy teeth, uh, my hair, because I had curls. Girls would say and do mean things. They would trip me at track and things like that. You know, at one time... I even got sent a whole box of hair products for what these mean people called my ugly, thinning, curly hair. And so still to this day, I don't know who sent me that box, but I know that it hurt. And if they could only see my hair truly thinning now, boy, maybe I could use some of those products. (laughs) But it was a rough period of my life. And the truth is, it made me suicidal for a certain point. And luckily, my mom caught me one day cutting myself, and she realized I needed help, and I wasn't able to ask for it or say so myself. I was showing it in other ways. So I think middle school is hard enough. We don't need bullies on top of all of the changing hormones and just all of the change that comes during those formative years.
1: First of all, I want to say, Tina, I'm so sorry that that happened. I mean, for one thing, your hair is beautiful. And I like to tell my curls. <laughs> I know. And to think that somebody would send you hair products and things like that, I mean, that takes it to a whole different level to me. Yeah. So, what do they mean? They sure
0: can. I quit track because of. I wasn't going to. It's like, no, it's not worth it to get hurt doing something that I really don't even like that much anyway.
1: <laughs> well... Yeah, but still. I mean, see what you remember out of it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I know. And I had some bullies too. Um there was this boy and for whatever reason he called me a name I don't even want to say, but he would call me it all the time whenever he would see me and it was it was traumatizing to me because he carried that name out in all areas of my life. He just, if I was on the bus, if I was in his classroom, which a lot of times I was in his class and he would say those things to me. And if he saw me walking down the hall, he would just, you know, knock the, my books everywhere. And, um, he would try to trip me on purpose. He just, you name it. I mean, he would just do it no matter where we were. And I already felt bad enough about myself that I really didn't need, for him to do that. And it just seems like bullies can always tell when the person in the room is not, you know, kind of not feeling that great about themselves. They have a low self-esteem already. And it's like, they pick on that person in the room and it's just so sad. I also had this girl that, and honestly, I've tried to figure out why, I don't know why, but she decided to pick on me, and uh, our parents had been friends, and the only thing I can think of is something happened between them, and it ended up where she, her daughter t- started taking it out on me, but um, she kept saying that she wanted to kill me, and she would fight me outside, and I didn't want any part of it, so she came to my house, and she wrote on the side of my house, I want to kill you, and that oh kind of thing. Oh my gosh. I know. I mean, it was just unreal, the things that she did. And, you know, I have thought about too, what stopped it was so strange because my mom had said to me, you know, lots of times bullies, they just, I mean, they're feeding off of my fear. Don't let her know that you're afraid. Mm -hmm. Go right up to her and talk to her as if you're not afraid. And you know what? I went, and in school one day, and I just went straight to her, and I just said, "Oh, hi, so and so, and how are you today?" And I just started talking very confidently, walking down the hallway. She turned and she looked at me, and she she stopped. I don't know why, but it stopped. It it was crazy. I I, I don't want to say that that works. You know, for everybody, because most of the time I would say that it doesn't from a lot of the people that I talked to today that are, you know, going through some difficult times being bullied. Um, but yeah, it worked for me. <laughs> hey, you know, if it's
0: one more thing that we can pass along that maybe would work for someone else, I'm all in. And you know, this one's hard to go down memory lane. Sometimes, you know, to to talk about it and bring it up, it's like, oh, I really don't want to go down that road because people have been unkind, you know, that that's hard to, to walk back down. So in our house, we like to teach loads of kindness and gratitude with our kids. And, you know, we talked, I think in the last podcast, my kindergartner's not being bullied, but there is a disruptive student bothering him and it is having an impact on him mentally, which isn't great either. So, you know, it, it all comes down to that mental health aspect and how we can kind of help, um, I guess, prepare our kids, if you will. And I hate to say it that way, because I feel like you should be able to go to school and it's a safe place where you're not worrying about anything happening to you. You know, you're really truly there to learn and, you know, yeah, make some friends, get some energy out. But I don't know. I I don't know why it can be a breeding ground for meanness.
1: I don't know either. And, you know, my nine year old, He's got some disabilities, he's cognitively delayed, and he has a hard time to begin with. And so he's kind of got that mark on his back, you know. And um, when he goes places, school or some other places where he likes to play some of these sports games, um, he can't keep up with the peers, you know. And uh, they do make fun of him. Uh, They give him a really hard time. He doesn't understand the rules on the playground. So uh, they're cruel. And they could care less if he has disabilities and he's a really cute kid and he doesn't like wear his disabilities on his sleeve. You know, I mean, it's not like I would like to put a shirt on him and say, hey, I'm autistic and I have the George syndrome and I have cognitive delays. Please treat me with kindness. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you don't want to do that either. Uh, But it just makes him feel so bad about himself. Um, And you know, when these bullies do that, they just feed off of it. And they, for some reason, it makes them feel better about themselves. I don't know why. I don't know why either. But that's
0: exactly what I mean. Life is hard enough in a variety of ways for so many people. Why is it so necessary for some to make it harder for others? We always believe that it says more about the bully than the person they're bullying when this happens. And so we tell our children, even in the house amongst ourselves, be kind or be quiet.
1: Yes. Oh, I just said this to one of my kids the other day. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And mm-hmm. I really believe that. And we try to live that in our house. I also think uh, with the way things are now in our world, it is just so much easier to continue the bullying because of the cyber bullying that we talked about last week. I mean, kids today never get a break from it. And I know how a negative comic affects us adults and we just perseverate on it. But imagine these kids, they're with how immature they really are, and they're unable to be able to handle a lot of the stresses of the day. And here they are having to deal with with um, unkind words being thrown at them or making fun of them and they really don't know how to handle it.
0: Yeah. Oh man, it's so tough. It's, it's tough handling all of the emotions, being an adult with people and things that happen in life. And I do know some younger kids with phones and access to social media, and I'm not judging any parent for why they chose to allow that. I just don't agree with it. I feel like it is my job as a parent to protect my children for as long as I can, when I can, but also to teach them at the appropriate time how to use technology correctly, what to avoid, what to engage with, how to disengage. You know, you got to be able to turn it on and also turn it off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The pictures that people take of people these days on their phones and the access that they have to social media, um, it's that takes it to a whole different level, too. It is so much easier to make fun of someone in numbers. Um, and that's, you know, very rarely do you see one person bullying somebody. It's normally a larger group of kids that are picking on one kid. So, kids want to get other kids to get in their bullying train to make fun of somebody less, um, more vulnerable than them. We had to talk. Let me interject
0: for just a moment. Sure.
1: A thought came about as as adults that
0: I thought maybe this is pertinent to, to say at this point. I think that we can set a good example here as adults. For example, I'm very selective what I choose to put on social media now more so than ever. And what I mean is, you know, let's say that my uh, there's you'll never see a naked picture of my children ever bath picture. None of that. I just I it makes me too uncomfortable. And I think that's something that's important is I think that we as adults need to monitor what we put out there about our children and about our families. So maybe something is funny to us, but maybe it needs to stay between mom and dad or mom, dad, grandparents, you know, and not for the whole world to see because that can open another door for embarrassment. And it's like, if you wouldn't want it out there about you, you shouldn't put it out there about someone else, especially your kids.
1: Yeah, it's really crazy the things that I see people put out. I mean, for one thing, my socials are very blocked and they're only within my friends that um, they can see what I put out. And I only put out fun, beautiful things of my family that I would want other people to see. Um, And I, for one thing, I don't even think I want, or I would take, too many pictures of my kids that would be into a very embarrassing moment or that, you know, we just kind of like to capture really beautiful moments within our family. And I mean, that just kind of teaches them, you know, this is not a picture taking time. Right, right. Right. So we have talked about fear. There are so many kids going to school in fear because of their peers. And I know the son I was talking about, when he is not included in a game at recess, he doesn't even want to go to school, and he cries so easily, and he takes things so personally, and then when you know the kid in the classroom wants to hurt you in some way, it is hard to learn.
0: Oh, that's so sad and so hard, and on a different level, my kindergartner can relate to that. He was relieved on Friday when the disruptive student wasn't in his class, and he just said it felt so much more calm in his class. Yeah. And like everyone could, you know, breathe a little is really what he was getting at. Oh, and wow. Yeah, And I, I feel like the elementary level and lower of a lot of schools do a really good job teaching kindness and then rewarding the good behavior. And going back to, you know, your son with some of the disabilities that he has, and, and this can even transfer over to people who have just who are adults maybe with dementia, Alzheimer's, things like that, sometimes I think we could learn a lot by stepping into others' worlds, okay, that don't look quite like ours, taking a step back, showing some empathy and compassion, thinking about how we would want to be treated. It really would go a long way, and
1: it does go a really long way. I mean, why would we want to treat anybody differently than kindness? I just don't even get that in
0: either but if i think if we even took it a step further and stopped and thought boy i wonder what it's like to be him yeah what would i want in this moment if i were him or if i were her and, and just staying with them in in that moment you know i just think the world might look a bit different if we were able to do that more often
1: yeah yeah whenever we see somebody who's struggling you know i have this mindset and my kids do as well, um, which I really love is that, you know, to jump up and help them, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of make fun that they're struggling, let's get up and let's assist them. Let's help them in some way. Um, When my child is being bullied and I see it, you know, what's going to (laughs) happen. Mama bear kicks in Mm -hmm. and I just want to handle it. And I try to let him do it, but lots of times, you know, it's older kids and I can't stand by because, you know, it's like, come on, guys. I mean, he's a little kid, you know, leave him alone. If an older kid is going to pick on my kid, you know, they're going to have to deal with me. Yeah, I,
0: I am in total agreement when mama bear gets put on alert, it takes a while to recover. Trust me, I know this, Uh, you know, this, this is more of like a a funny thing. And it wasn't about being bullied. My oldest son is pretty good at basketball. And he had, uh, it was like youth night at the high school a couple months ago where all of the youth basketball players got in for free. And during halftime, they were recognized and they got to go out and shoot on the court. Well, he's in elementary school and there were some high schoolers, you know, sitting on, on the side, on the sideline there. And we're like, Hey, hey kid, you know, see if you can make it from here. So my son stands on the three point line swoosh. And they were like, Oh, oh, okay, yeah, you got lucky. Let's see if you can do it again. Swoosh, and he looked at him, and he went boom. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome! I loved it so much. I said yes. Parenting win right there. So while he wasn't being bullied, it was standing that like I'm not a sure I can shoot, and I'm confident in that. I I really really liked seeing that in him. But going back, yeah, I'm very very proud. Um, Going back to. Though the bully scenario, I think going back to kids and standing up to bullies or standing up for those being bullied, there may be a fear factor involved, you know, being afraid to tell someone to stop because, well, what if they attack you next? It really is a different world that our kids are growing up in than we did today and, or than we did before. And I, I just, I can totally understand the fear of being stuck in well I want to help this person and I want the bully to stop but I don't want them to turn on me
1: right yeah true i mean i always tell my kids go to an adult you know because that way yes you're the brave hero and you can come alongside and i do think that there are times that we could you know a ch- another kid could come alongside another kid because in numbers it helps um but it, but if you can go get an an adult. I think that that's always the wisest way. Uh, In psychology today, there was an article, seven ways to help a kid who's being bullied. And um, so if you love a child who is being bullied, here are some of the things that you can do to help them. Uh, For one thing, it is hard to bully someone in numbers, which we had already talked about because they normally pick on a kid that's by themselves. So we just kind of touched on this, but you can sit with them, talk to them, just have a presence of um sitting next to them really does help. Teach children that when they see someone being treated badly, to come alongside that child, just to help them feel some inner strength and confidence. So those person's words or actions do not affect them as much. And it's really just saying, be a friend to someone who's hurting or being treated badly. And you know, when somebody is being treated badly, there's that shame element that becomes so strong. And um, so, when you come along some, alongside someone, it can help lessen that shame um, and just help them feel better, just stronger about themselves. Oh, yeah. Some of the other things
0: that we can do is we can talk about bullying and we can help give our kids the words for their experiences. We can show them that they are cared about deeply. And, you know, I think validation is a big thing point here saying I understand or it's okay that you feel this way and help talk them through all of those feelings and then talk to their teachers and ask if there's a way that they can help or intervene.
1: Yeah you know I've done this and most of the time teachers um, oftentimes they don't know what's going on at recess lunchroom in the bus and the bus is the worst place. And so much can happen that adults just have no idea about. So it really is good to get in there and um, advocate for your kid and let the adults know what is going on. uh, So adults can start being more vigilant. We, we don't do the bus, period, the
0: end, not to school, not from school. Uh, The only time I should say my kindergartner rides the bus home from school, he's the fourth stop or so on the way home and this will be the only year that he has to ride the bus home. And yeah, otherwise, Nope, we are not going to be doing, we are not going to be doing the bus for all of those reasons.
1: Yeah. We don't do the bus either. My, except my older son does because he seems to be able to tolerate it, but my younger son was not able to, to handle it at all. Um, And so, you know, and plus it was 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back and he's in kindergarten. (laughs) I mean, Really? I don't think that that's even a good, that that's not good. So, um, and there's a lot older kids on that bus with these kindergartners. So I just didn't like it.
0: I agree. I agree. I know that you used to work in a school
1: and you,
0: there was something that you could anonymously report.
1: Yeah, you can, um, Kids could anonymously report uh, that they're being bullied. And it was like a box. And I know that the counselor that we had on last week um, at their school, they also have anonymous reports that you can turn in that you're being treated badly being bullied by somebody. And I think that this is a really good way because, you know, sometimes it's hard to just sit down and, and go tell an adult what's happening to you. So making anonymous tips on something that's going on within the school can be a good way of handling that.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things I, this is just my personal opinion is I think it's hard to teach empathy Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's something that's an innate quality. Some have and some don't. I don't think it's impossible to teach. I think it can be worked on, but I just feel like it's really hard. If you're not wired to be empathetic, I feel like it's very hard to teach that to someone to because empathy to me is that feeling of Oh gosh, you know I I can relate to you, or oh how how sad, you know feeling what they're feeling, and you know there is being an empath myself, I can say on the complete empath spectrum of the side where you feel everything, you can really feel the energy in the room, mm. you feel all of the feelings when someone you love, and even people that you don't, or the stories that you hear in the news, you just feel to your core, and I just. I I wish there were more empathetic people, not maybe to the extreme that I feel like I am. But I do think it's something really hard to teach. That doesn't mean you can't teach kindness and compassion, but I think empathy is a tough one to teach.
1: Yeah, and I'm the same way, Tina. I mean, I feel everything so deeply. Uh, it's it's hard for me to watch anybody be mistreated because of that reason, and I agree with you. I mean, there are people that I just look at them and I'm just like, really? I mean, you don't feel what this other person is feeling. You just you you can't um, take in somebody else's emotions and feel that what's happening here is they're hurting. And some people actually feed off of that. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, there is a a spectrum of all kinds of different people, unfortunately, but yeah, I agree with you. You can't teach that at all. Um, And so I think how can we treat kids how to love one another when the kids in the room are hating on each other. And that happens where adults are not treating each other well, right in front of the kids, they're fighting Mm -hmm. and bullying each other. You know, sports is a really good example of that.
0: Oh, yes. I think a lot of adults ruin sports for their children, including even at the youth level, for sure. And it's, it's sad. It really is. But I'm glad you brought this up because what I think we really need to teach our children and what they need to teach their children, like this is just a generational, generational, generational thing for all to come after us now and after us is we are allowed to feel angry, sad, mad, whatever emotion you feel. But this is the important part. We have to respond to those emotions in a healthy way. We all need to learn to control our emotions. We all need healthy coping mechanisms. We all need to manage our stress, our anger. We need conflict resolution skills. Every single one of us could use lessons on this.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, It is hard to manage all the things that are being thrown at us all day long. And I think that the stressors in life are getting worse and worse all the time. So, yeah, we could all benefit from stress and anger uh, management. And, um, you know, just like I said, the kids are watching. So we have to be careful how we are acting. Mm-hmm. It is so crucial that the kids see us handling what is happening with love and understanding.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree.
1: And those
0: social skills are crucial. So in our house, we do a lot of role playing. If I so, love that. Yeah, I, it's, it's been really helpful because it helps our kids gain confidence and so if someone says or does this or that, and we go through it, even if you need to call 911, my son, we had an incident in our, um, in our family a couple weeks ago. And my oldest said, well, what if I was there? What would I, how, you know, I would call 911, but what do I say? And so we walked through it and he did such a great job. But if we aren't role-playing or meaning if we aren't preparing our children to feel comfortable doing what's right in situations they find themselves in. How do we expect them to have the confidence to do it when we're not there? Just like fire drills and tornado drills are practiced in school, we need to practice these real-life scenarios with our children to help them gain confidence.
1: Yeah, I mean, we call them social stories, and we have done them with our kids in counseling and different things, and you give them all kinds of different scenarios, and you walk them through it, and, you know, I mean, it's a learning experience, and you don't know until you do, so, I mean, I think that these are great ways to teach kids, and the internet has killed our abilities to be social in the right way. Kids today would rather talk through texting or socials, and they think that this quick Response through uh, texting is a relationship, and we've really lost what a real relationship is about. And so, maybe doing these social skills and social stories and things like that are really teaching them how to be social because we've lost so much um, through social media. I really wish we could get back to putting our phones down. Um, I saw this thing where a kid said he wanted to be a smartphone so his parents would look at him. Um. I mean, right? I mean, that's the saddest thing. And bullying can be passive too. And we need to put our phones down and put our kids first. I agree. I've seen there was some, there's been
0: something going around funny enough on social media, but in part, this is my job. I have to, (laughs) I have to look at social media for my job, but something going around that showed like screens between families, like these giant screens that it was really showing exactly what you said like look what's coming between families and breaking families apart you know it's it's the screens aside from that i also think the pandemic has played a role in the disconnection and the lack of social skills
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah
0: um that that's i think has been really really big and i think we we may need to even start going back to basics on the social skills. And, and, and again, going to the conflict resolution, I, I just think if we could teach and I think we need to teach it in schools because if some kids aren't getting it at home, it takes a village, right? Oh, absolutely. We could teach these things in school as well. And I know teachers, I do, I believe they have way more on their plate than, than they ever should, or maybe even signed up for, but maybe if it was a class on, on that, that component, coping mechanisms that are healthy and conflict resolution, I think that the world could be a much happier, safer place. You know, we have these feelings that are okay, but we have to learn to deal with them. So I wanted to go back to um, bullies. And I know we talked about most kids don't get bullied when they are hanging with other kids. In other words, bullying happens most when a child is alone.
1: Yeah, we did talk about this earlier, but, you know, just coming alongside somebody when they're being treated badly, but uh, just sit next to that kid. You know, if I was in the schools and I used to be, we had a buddy bench, but one of the things that we did was, um, you know, we really tried to include everybody all the time. And I would have a club of kids that would just like to sit with other kids who are sitting alone. And I think that that is just so important. You kind of take those popular kids, you know, and then you pair them up with other kids who are just sitting by themselves. And, um, you know, I think shame would diminish and it would help that child feel a little bit better and feel included if that
0: if that happened. I I think so too. I like the buddy benches and I hope that they get some use and it. it can spawn this connectedness and this inclusivity. Absolutely. Well, we always like to end the show with a quote, and I really liked one of the ones that you picked for this week, and it says, when little people are overwhelmed by big emotions, it's our job to share our calm, not join their chaos. Yes.
1: Yes, absolutely. We need to be that experience and be the um, person in the room that is making a difference for the better um, and not for the worst. We need to make sure that we're the people that are helping the, the little people uh, go in a better direction instead of uh, make it worse because they really are watching us. They are. And, and
0: they're taking in so much more than maybe we realize, you know, sometimes they sometimes they seem to pick up on the things you wish they wouldn't. But it's also very gratifying to see them do something for themselves. Or, you know, if there's an argument or something, and they're able to sort it out themselves. And then they tell you, it's because I saw you do it. It's like, okay, I'm I'm doing okay. Exactly. So being I- the calm in the storm. That's what I always
1: say. Yeah, I just want to say one more quote, because I really love a child's mental health is just as important as their grades. And we just have to make sure that we put that above everything else. I think that's the most important part.
0: I think the mental health is even more important than the grades. You know, I'm I'm less concerned about what my child is learning, per se. I'm really more concerned about their mental health. I, I really am, and yeah, yeah, me too. I, I, I think a lot of parents would feel the same way. Not that grades aren't important, friends don't want you to think that, but I, I think mental health is just a really big deal, especially especially today. These are these are hard times, and we need to help our kids navigate it. And if we don't know how to do it, or if we are unhealthy as adults, then we need to also go and get the help and show them that that's okay too. When you
1: when you think about it, your mental health affects every other area of your life.
0: Every other one, yes, yeah, so true. Well, thank you all for joining us today on this episode. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have enjoyed bringing it to you. This is Real Talk with Tina and Ann, and we will see you next week.